Hey, and welcome back to episode two of Loogie. I'm your host, Zach, here with Andrew. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about some Mets baseball, some some storylines uh, throughout the league, and some MLW, Major League Wiffle Ball. It's going to be, it's going to be a good show. I'm very excited. So this week, Metsies, four and three, three point... 3.4 runs scored per game, 3.4 runs allowed per game. Standings, first place still, three games ahead of the Nats. Same problem as last week. We Yeah, we just can't, we can't score runs. We had, I think we had a seven-run game, which is nice. Yeah. But other than that, I really thought once we got, you know, we got Conforto back recently, we got McNeil back recently, mm-hmm. we're getting some more reinforcements on the way. We We, we basically have our opening day lineup back but they're just not hitting yeah i mean around the league not a lot of guys are hitting but um that is very true but yeah i watched i only watched the game monday and eikoff that's how you say his name right eikoff yeah jared eikoff jared eikoff was pitching uh the nats five nothing in the sixth um they hit their first single in the sixth to make it five nothing <laughs> so really, it's just a long ball was beating us. Um, Mets Mets fought back a little bit, but uh, yeah, Miguel, M- Miguel Castro came in and kind of. Uh, oh yeah, he gave out that bomb, kind of ruined the comeback. Yeah, kind of dampened the mood, but you know, it happens. Yeah, I mean, we're still amazingly in first place. Yeah, I still think the Nats are just hot right now. I don't think they have that good of a team. Mm-hmm. And then if you look back to the Phillies and the Braves were five and five and a half up on them. So I think we're still looking okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is hard to watch when we just can't get hits and can't put up runs. Yeah. But four and three still a winning record this week. So we'll take all we can get. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Trevor Bowers in the news again with a interview on, on MLB, or not on MLB, on ESPN. Uh, ESPN Monday Night Baseball against the Cubbies, talking about some more of his thoughts on the whole sticky situation, pun intended, that, that they got that they got out there on the mound. Oh, yeah. So, basically, he's discussing what is illegal and what isn't, and how are umps going to be able to tell what's what's illegal and what's not, right? Yeah, he's basically saying that there's no objectivity with the umpires. There's no hard rule that they have to follow. It's really just, oh, is this glove too sticky? Yeah, do I want to take a pers- personal issue with this guy? Like, <laughs> It's almost like they can pick who they want to, who, who they want to target. He was saying the umpires almost aren't making these calls because they don't want to look like the bad guy. So they're just telling pitchers, oh, just don't be too obvious about it and we won't make it a whole big thing. Right. It's it's like the MLB is trying to solve... It's like they're not trying to solve this issue. They're trying to make it a headline. And it's wor- like... I don't know. It's a... They're not being smart about it. Was basically what he was saying. They're they're making it worse. They're making it more obvious to the viewers that they're cheating. 
basically calling all the pitchers cheaters by checking all their gloves. Like, the pitchers are getting offended by it. And Trevor's just like, how are they going to... With with the, what they set up so far, middle of the season, which doesn't really make any sense, with what they have set up, how are they going to make this a solid rule that's going to be able to be followed and fairly, you know, taken care of? Yeah, I think it is just a big issue that the MLB has in general is just no... No consistency. There's a lot of things where there's really no rule saying exactly how to deal with a situation. It's up to the umpire. Mm-hmm. And when you have 30 different umpire crews, or I mean, it's probably 15 different umpire crews, they're all going to deal with situations differently. So then you're going to see one umpire who's really checking, and he's maybe that guy's going to find a few guys that have been, that are using it. And then you uh-huh. have some other umpires that don't really care, don't want to make a scene, don't want to be the bad guy, and they're just going to let it go and not do anything. So I, there really isn't... If you're having the umpires check it with no real guidance, mm-hmm. there's no way it's going to be good. I think he had a really good idea, which was at the end of the inning, pitcher comes off the mound, goes into the dugout. They have a independent third party. Mm-hmm. You hand them your glove. They swab your glove, they swab your hand, they run tests on it, and he was saying if it comes back with a certain percentage over the limit of mm-hmm. one of these foreign substances, then they flag it, they investigate it more, and if they found that you broke the rule, then you get suspended. And yeah. I mean, I think that's a pretty good system. Yeah, he said he compared it to like the TSA, I think, where yeah, exactly. there's a guy who's checking you, basically patting you down, like, you got something on you. And, I mean... He demonstrated he demonstrated the issue he has with this pretty well in another interview where where he um puts just some rosin and some sweat, just sweats a little bit, puts some rosin in his hand, holds up his hand to the to the television screen, and he has the ball hanging off his palm. <laughs> and the crew is like, legal or not legal? And he's just like, This is just rosin and sweat. How is an ump going to which is rosin is on the mound. It's been on the mound since the beginning of time, and it's just stuck to his hand like it's spider tack. Like how would a how would an ump be able to tell by rubbing the glove or rubbing some guy's hand? It's just exactly not an efficient way to do it. And he's like, you know, do, it's funny because he does this during MLB games while <laughs> while the MLB is going on he's like look how dumb these guys are yeah that is it's crazy i my opinion on trevor bauer just goes back and forth and back and forth because there are a lot of things that he does where he just comes off not not in a great way but then there's stuff like this where he's yeah he's calling the mlb out on a yeah. national mlb broadcast mm-hmm. his and, employer yeah and he's but he's making really good arguments and he's yeah. speaking so well about it Hector Santiago became the first first player to get caught and suspended for using foreign substances. I think he recently appealed the suspension, so he's technically not suspended yet. He's a cheater. Um, but it no, was it was no interesting. Hall of <laughs> it was interesting listening to his interview after the game because mm-hmm. he, I mean, obviously he's going to deny it. He was just saying he only used rosin. That's what's on the mound. That's the only thing he used. Of course. He said he put it just on both of his arms to keep him from sweating, which I found out also that 
it's technically illegal to put rosin on your glove side arm because I guess you could use your pitching hand to touch it and get that extra rosin. Sunscreen rosin. But I don't think that's enough on its own to get suspended. I think the real thing is they have to find it in the glove. Um, okay. I was watching the Phillies game last night. Jose Alvarado, the umpire stopped him because he had put it on his glove arm, but they just basically made him wash it off. Yeah. Um, but so he was coming off the mound. The umpire felt something sticky inside the glove. Ew. So they threw him out of the game. But the thing, the article I was reading on it, it was, it was very interesting. The one quote, they said, the glove was sent to New York, but sources said it wasn't necessary for further inspection because the ejection and suspension are solely based on the umpire's report of having detected a foreign substance. So if the umpire thinks it and says it, that's it. Hmm. So they basically I, said... I don't know about that. They basically said they sent it to New York for no reason? Well, I, I, the main thing was that there's no follow-up. If the umpire thinks mm-hmm. that it's foreign substance, then... He's the law? As Yeah, he's the law as far as we can say wow. there was foreign substances, and he's suspended. So I don't, I don't think this appeal is going to change anything, but I guess we never know. I'm looking up the first guy caught with uh caught using steroids in the MLB and that's he's okay. going to be he's going to be the sticky substance version of this guy. I love it. Let's see. First guy caught using steroids. Is there is there going to be a name pulled up, you think? I think so. You think anything's actually going to come up? First guy got Tom House admitted to using steroids that they wouldn't give to horses during his playing career. Oh, so he admitted after he retired. The use oh, of I guess performance enhancing drugs was widespread at the time. Yeah, I don't think this... Uh, I don't think there was a first guy that got kicked out. Maybe they just got like a, a bunch from all at the same time. I don't know. It was pretty obvious when people were using steroids. And it's odd that people that use steroids like Barry Bonds and all those guys like... Like I uh, like Mark McGuire. Like I don't like those guys. Like I like when you hear their names, you think cheater, like bad sportsman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hen- Hector Santiago. I don't have any kind of like like I don't have a tisk tisk to him. You know what I mean? Right, like exactly. it's just not this whole thing. Just doesn't seem like I think it's just not relatable because yeah. us. I guess it wasn't a secret. Everyone close to the game knew it was happening. Mm-hmm. But to me, honestly, I didn't even know this was a thing until very recently. So, yeah, it's hard to really feel like these guys are the worst and they're these huge cheaters because it's... Yeah, because it seems like a lot of people do it and there's not a really solid way to tell if someone did it. Like, It's not like steroids where you can test... You can physically test them and be like, yeah, you took steroids. Exactly. With this, it's like something so different. So, I don't know. I think they're going to have to definitely get something like what Bauer's talking about. Just like an official third party that can just check them before they go on. It's kind of an annoying thing that has to be talked about. But, you know, I guess the game changes. Game evolves. Yeah, I guess so. It's the, the boring version of the steroid era is going on right now, apparently. 
I know it's such it's so boring in comparison. It's crazy. Yeah, why couldn't we have the steroid era again? And another big storyline this week: Max Kranick. Yeah, this one. I mean, this one's really cool, but also a bummer. It's Max Kranick, starting pitcher for the Padres or Pirates, just got called up, making his MLB debut. Pitch was pitching five perfect innings, and then the game gets rained out or at least delayed for rain. So we have to get pulled out of the game. That's tough. I mean, great. Like, I mean, that's a great debut, but parents in the stands, most likely fans getting very excited. Obviously this kid's pooping his pants, but like in a great way. Um, I, I mean, like he's got nothing to lose really too. And it's like when you're in the league for a while and you start throwing a perfect game, you're like, Oh boy. Like, this is this is crazy, but yeah. like when it's your first game, you you're already in the mode of this is crazy. Like I'm in I'm in the MLB. I'm pitching an MLB game. Exactly. And when yeah. the fucking perfect if, innings go, it's like I might as well see where this takes me. You know, it's yeah. I wonder if he even knew honestly that he was throwing. I, you know, you hear all these stories about guys. They yeah. don't know it's a perfect game, or they don't know it's a no hitter until the seventh inning. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, it's a very interesting one. I mean, I have here he. Never pitched above high A until this year. So he's this wow. guy who, I mean, could have been a top prospect. I, I didn't look too much into him. Mm-hmm. But he was not playing high-level minor league baseball. He was he had a 4.66 ERA in AAA. So, like, this guy's just called up to make a start because they need somebody. And then he goes, goes and does this. But he's dealing. It's 50 pitches through five. Perfect. Wow. That's incredible. 50 pitches, too? So he was on he was on his way. He was doing great. Yeah, it's it's a bummer. Wow. Got more than halfway through the game. I mean hopefully we'll see some some more of that kind of pitching from him. Hopefully he gets like another you know, it's it'll suck if that's his only only shot that he ever gets at something like that. But Well, so I heard he got sent down after the appearance. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I think I think it's more of a roster manipulation thing where they'll bring him back up before his next start. Okay. But I was going to say, what are the Pirates have a crazy rotation where they're like, ah, only five perfect? Send him back down. Yeah, not enough. <laughs> yeah, not to get, not he can't get in this Pirates rotation, sorry. <laughs> yeah. We're too hot right now. Exactly. Andrew, 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 you've always been a facts guy. Uh-huh. You got any, you got any crazy facts for me? Anything cool happen this week? So I do I do have one that I stumbled across that I think is, is very interesting. I knew you would. So on June 13th, 1994, your boy Ryan Sandberg announced my, his retirement. My boy, let's go. Because he was dissatisfied with his hitting numbers for the season. Yeah. So at the time of retirement, his triple slash, which is batting average on base percentage, slugging. Of course. Was... 238, 312, 400. Okay. It's June 30th, 2021, and the Uh league as a whole is hitting 239, 314, 400. So same slugging, two points better on base, one point better batting average. So he was bang average in 94. He wasn't slumping at all. You'd be an average hitter today. But he, at the time, 238 was so bad that he retired. He ashamed of himself. Exactly. Wow. 
I think mm-hmm. that everyone in the league should take a good look in the mirror and yeah. and wake up, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh you do you remember the Ryan Sandberg game back in eighty four, by any chance? No, remind me. He goes he goes five for six, game tying home run in the in I think the ninth and the tenth. And they end up beating the Cardinals. Crazy game. Two home runs. Speaking of home runs, how about that home run derby lineup so far, huh? We got Trevor Story. We got Big Pete, the Polar Bear Alonzo. Shohei, Showtime, Otani. And Trey Mancini. <laughs> but we got four spots open still. And I think I think we should be consulted by the MLB to fill in those last four. I don't think that, you know, Google vote should be a thing. I think they should just probably come to the boys at Lugie for our opinion, because I think it's probably the best and it's what everybody wants anyway. So I agree. I think that's a great idea. So if you could, you know, slot some boys in, in those final four spots, who, who are you looking at? Give me some options. Yeah, so you texted me about this, and I I did a a little bit of research trying to figure out who I would most want to see. And my biggest thing was looking for guys who have never done it before. Okay. Because it is is cool to see, you know, there's, in recent years, a lot of great people who did it who didn't win. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, there's so many guys in the league, there's so many guys that can hit for power now. Yeah, I think it would be more interesting to see new guys. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I know Vladdy did it in 2019. He has already said he's not going to do it this year. Sadly, I would love to see Fernando Tatis. He also said he's not going to do it. Oh, um, I didn't know that. That's yeah. Sad. So what about looking at other guys who haven't done it? Yeah. Um, one guy I would love to see Joey Gallo. I was shocked. Yeah. To see that he hasn't done it before, but he, I mean, he's got 18 home runs this year. He just has monster power. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he just, I mean, he just crushes the ball. So That's all he I does. Love to see him at Coors Field, just cranking homers to right field. Course. I think he would put on a show. Definitely, so I would love to see him. Other guy, his teammate actually, Adolis Garcia. Yep, he's on my this list. Year. 20 home runs. He has he slowed down a little bit. Yeah. He's another guy with monster power and I would just love to see him compete. Yeah, you'd love to see a rookie in there. Yeah. I think that would be great. Yeah. Um a few other guys. I went over the four, so I just thought I'd bring up a few others. Jordan or Jordan Alvarez. He doesn't he doesn't have the most impressive home run numbers this year. He's got 13 home runs. Mm-hmm. But he's another guy who hits it so hard. I looked yep. up; he's 97th percentile for max exit velocity this year. Like he, he just crushes the ball. He's banging them. That's so what he, you want at cores. Yeah, exactly. He is. He's definitely more of a line drive guy. So I don't know if he would be, you know, your ideal contestant. Mm-hmm. But I think he'd be a cool guy to watch. Yeah. Um, I have two other guys who have never competed that I would like to see. Um, I wanted uh, Rafael Devers. Okay, he, yeah. He would be cool. He's 
some of his. I was looking up some of his. Yeah, he's got 19 home runs this year. He's fifth in the MLB in expected home runs. He's up there in exit velocity. He's has the furthest average home run this year for players Mm -hmm. with at least. I think it was at least 12. There's a few guys who have higher averages, but they've only hit, I think, 10. But he's at 19, and he has the furthest average. So I think he'd be another really cool guy to see just cranking him out. Yeah, um, kind of criminally underrated as yeah, a player it's, overall. Because so. he, he puts yeah. up numbers. He, yeah, he definitely does. And then my last guy, was, this is number five, was Matt Olson. Um, another... Okay, yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily call him underrated, but he does have 20 home runs this year. You don't really hear too many people talking about him. Yeah, he's batting 292, so yeah, well above the average, as we just heard. Yeah, another guy who's crushing the ball. Um, so yeah, those were my five that I had thought of. And then, don't necessarily have to go with guys who've never been in it. Schwarber would be another guy, especially with the pace he's on right now. Yeah, he's on my him. list just given what he's done in the past week. <laughs> yeah, he's just on such a tear. He he put on a show in 2018. He, I mean, he yeah. lost 19-18 Bryce Harper in the last round. Um, Beautiful then, lefty swing. Yes. Lo- love to watch him hit home runs. And then yeah. my other guy that I had was Jock Peterson just because he's, ho- he's just a home run derby guy. Like this year he's got 11 home runs, mm-hmm. but he's, he's a guy who took Vladdy to three swing offs in 2019, yeah. lost 40 to 39. Arguably and, the best, actually not even arguably the best round of home run derby yes, of all time. Absolutely. So he would be another cool one to see, but he's done it at least twice. So I think, I think it would be more interesting to see the guys who have never done it before. Yeah. And I've got only two more that you didn't mention. Okay. Um, you Yerm, Mercedes. Did okay, you mention yep. him? I was looking at him. I didn't mention him. The only reason I bring him up is because he's he's got the longest ball this yep. year at 485. He doesn't hit that many, but he's huge. He's a huge man. Yes. He he makes the bat look like a bit of a toothpick in his hand. And it's just fun to watch those guys crank in the home run derby. I'm sure if they lobbed him over for him, you know, he would be able to put out a couple over 500 at cores. You know, maybe. Who knows? That would just be awesome to watch. Um, and, of course... As a Cubs fan, I'm I'm putting Patrick Wisdom in there in there that's this year. A, that's a I did not even consider him, but that I is mean, a good one. I think eleven cool. home runs. I guess how many hits he has this year? I don't know. Let me make sure I get this right, so I don't sound like a fool. Let me make sure I get this right. Twenty six hits. 11 home runs. And 11 home runs. Damn. That's nearly half of his hits are home runs. I mean, he only hits home runs. He's 29. He's been in the league for four years. Nobody's even heard of him. And and this year, he's cracking him out of the park. I, as a Cubs fan, would love to see Patrick Wisdom just get destroyed by Pete or something. I don't know. Yeah. But you never know, you know. That's that's the beauty of the HRD. I think I think we've got some good names here. I think we can can narrow some down. So I've got yeah. I've got this is the list right now. I think I missed one. I got Joey Gallo, 
Adolis Garcia, Patrick Wisdom, Yerman Mercedes, Kyle Schwarber, Rafael Devers, Matt Olson, and I think there was one more that you had. I said Jordan Alvarez, but I think we could get get him Just off scrap the list him? anyway. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember his name, so I guess that's okay with me. But he, you said he, he's the guy with the furthest average home runs, or was that Rafael he, Devers? That's Devers. Devers has the furthest average. Yeah. Okay. That might cement his spot for me, personally. Devers. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with him. All right. Let's get Devers in there. I'm going to circle him. All right. How do we feel about Schwarber being, have, having been already been in it? Yeah. Is that a deal breaker or is that something we're willing to overlook? I think because he's on this pace so close to the All-Star game mm-hmm. and the home run derby, I think you got to put him in it. I agree. I think it's it's been spectacular to watch and he does have one of my favorite home run swings. And, so. and he's another guy who he's done it before and he's been really successful in it. So you know he'll put yeah. on a good show. He's not going to be boring to watch. He's not going to... It's not going to be a Chris Bryant. All right. Yeah. Uh, Adolis Garcia is another guy that I would like to see just because he's a rookie. Yeah, I, I say include him as well. Okay. So it leaves us with one spot left. And I'm going to read the names, and you tell me the first one that you want to put in there. And we will argue if I disagree yeah. to the death. Matt Olson, Yerman Mercedes, Patrick Wisdom, or Joey Gallo? Um, between Gallo and Wisdom, I was gonna say Gallo. All right, I okay. So we we don't even have to fight. Sounds good. Because I knew you just wanted to be nice to me and say <laughs> Wisdom would be cool and to see, but he would only really be cool for those Northside fans. So we got a lineup here. I think it's I think it's got a lot of we put a a lot of beefy boys. <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of big team. boys. Just, just all the beefiest boys that we had, besides maybe Yerman. Um, okay, so should we match up the four existing current Derby participants against our four chosen first in our yeah, bracket? I like that. All right, so who do we want to see face Trevor Story, the hometown kid for the Home Run Derby? Well... He's an NL guy. Do we want to match him against an AL guy or an NL guy? I don't know. I'm just trying to decide if we want the hometown guy to lose in round one. Well, honestly, uh, I think any of the four people would beat him except for maybe Garcia, just because he's a little more unproven. I think I think that would be a good matchup then. I think so too. Because I think that's like, you would like the hometown kid to win, but you'd also like the rookie to win. Yeah. So it's like, either way, you're like kind of rooting for both of them. Or, I mean, is it is it bad to do a matchup like that? Do we want there to be a clear uh, antagonist and protagonist in a in a home run derby? I don't know how you like in, uh, to enjoy watching these. I think it'll, I think it'd be good. Because I think the problem is you can really only do storyline matchups in the first round and after that it's just going to be whoever's better so i think i think matching up guys who will be interesting against each other i think would be good yeah and also those two guys 
I think out of the four, actually Trey Mancini is probably or is less of a name than Trevor Story, I would say. But if Trevor Story or Adolis Garcia makes it into the next round, which they would, one of them would, if they were matched up, either way, it's a rookie is in the second round or hometown boy is in the second round. So I think yeah. that is a pretty good matchup we got there. All right, MLB, call us up. We are <laughs> matching up Adolis and Trevor Story. Do you think this is how they do it in the, or do you think they like just draw names out of a hat? I think they. Well, if we look at these last year's matchups. Yeah, they seem kind of random, but the, I mean, they do seed people, but I feel like the seeds are dumb because Vladdy was an eight seed and Matt Chapman was a one seed. Is it based really off of home runs that. at the time or something? Maybe. But Vladdy, eight seed? I don't know if he was I'm looking eight. at some of these one seeds. 2018, Jesus Aguilar was a one seed. Going against guys like Harper and Hoskins and Schwarber and Baez. I don't know. I feel like these seeds are random. Okay. I mean, I guess it should be because who knows what's going on. Sure. All right. I'm seeing Pete, Shohei, Trey. Um, Pete against Schwarber and at least matchup. Okay. I like that. Mets, Nats, kind of a little, got a little bit of bad blood there. Shohei against, see, Trey Mancini is the one that I think we should match up with someone we think will beat him. <laughs> yes. So do you think Joey Gallo is the strongest of the two, jo- Joey Gallo or Rafael Devers? I think they're both pretty strong. Yeah, I'd say go for Gallo. Well, Gallo so because if you go if you go Gallo versus Otani, you get the AL West. Right. You get the matchup. Angels Rangers. Yep. Yeah. Or Gallo or or Sox Orioles, so that way we get the Yeah, that's true. If, if we're going all storylines, let's do that. We'll go Mancini <laughs> against Devers okay. and Otani versus Gallo. Otani versus Gallo would be an awesome round. Yeah, it would. That would be sick. To start it off, too, first round. All right. So do we want to pick who we think is going to win? Or do we just want to say, here's our bracket? Well, I think we can try to pick a winner. All right. I so we think... start with Story Garcia? Yeah, give me... Well... All right. Hmm. I think we should do our own, right? Okay, I'll ask you, and then you tell me, and then I'll I'll tell you who I pick. Okay, so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna rapid fire. Give me story over Garcia. All right, I also picked story over Garcia. All right, Alonzo Schwarber. That was a tough one. I hate to say it, but was you got to go for Schwarber right now? He's just too much on fire. Yeah, I'm also taking Schwarb. Otani Gallo. Otani. I want Otani to win, but I'm picking Gallo because he's a freaking gorilla. True. And then we got Mancini Devers. Yeah, Rafi. Yeah, I also got Rafi. So, pretty similar. I just got Gallo. You got Otani. Hopefully, you're right. All right, let's say that Story faces Schwarber next. Schwarber. Same. Oh, you got Otani Devers. Otani. 
And I've got Gallo Devers. I guess I'll go Gallo again. <laughs> so you got Schwarber and Otani, and I've got Schwarber and Gallo. Um, oh, I gotta go for Otani to win it all, just because there's nothing that man can't do right now. All right, that's beautiful. I hope you're right, because I think that'd be just an incredible story. I'll go with Schwarber because he's my boy, and I love yeah. him. And I think Schwarber Gallo would be the meatiest, beefiest. Like may- maybe Schwarber two years ago would have been better, but yeah, we'll take Schwarber now going against Gallo. I think that'll be like a possible. Um, Peterson Vlad rematch I think that would be just the battle of the titans yeah that would be awesome to watch it would be fun I think I think uh, keeping Otani would be just as good so I, I think our derby is would be very exciting and I, I hope agree. the MLB seriously takes this into consideration you know because they should be giving the fans what they want and and we're we're fans the best fans, some might say. You definitely. <laughs> I'm an average fan. All right. So, Adolis Garcia. He's kind of a diamond in the rough that that Texas found this year, huh? A little bit. He he's a guy that got traded to them just a little piece. I learned today that they waived him. The Rangers waived him. What? And no one claimed him, so they kept him. And now <laughs> he's doing this, which is crazy. They were like, I guess we'll have to keep him. He was like, yeah, you better keep me. Because I'm a beast. Exactly. You got any other diamonds in the rough out there? I do. I have I have one that I'm very excited about. I did a deep dive this week. Um, this guy, I don't know if you would necessarily call him a diamond in the rough. He's if Jacob deGrom didn't exist, he'd be the front runner for NL Cy Young. But it's a guy yeah. who I think has a lot of interesting stats that I have been spending a lot of time looking into. So that man is Kevin Gosman, starting pitcher for the Giants. And he is just having an electric year. He's got 168 ERA, 8 and 2. He's really just been dominating. And again, like I said, if deGrom didn't exist, he's easily the best pitcher in the NL. And it interests me because he's been in the league for a long time. He hasn't really had that much success. So I was curious why all of a sudden he's just on fire. So I went back and did some research. He was fourth overall pick by the Orioles. So he has the prospect pedigree. Mm -hmm. Um, He in his Orioles career, he pitched there for six years, 4-2-2 ERA, so nothing spectacular. He got traded to the Braves for some small pieces. He struggled there, 4-7-7 ERA. Got waived, claimed by Cincinnati, 4 ERA there. And then the Giants signed him last year. He had a pretty good year, 3-6-2 ERA in the shortened season. And then they re-signed him again, and he's got the one six eight, and he's been dominating. And I wanted to look into why exactly he's dominating, yeah. and the main reason that everyone's pointing to is his splitter. His splitter is the best pitch in baseball right now, according to Run Value, which is a baseball savant statistic. 
Mm-hmm. It's the best pitch in baseball. And his fastball is the sixth best pitch in baseball. So, I mean, that makes sense. Okay. Obviously, if you have two yeah. incredible pitches, you're going to be great. But then I wondered why, why is his splitter so good? Mm-hmm. So I went and looked at those metrics and to me, it's not anything special. It has 5% more vertical movement than your average splitter, 12% more horizontal. So a little bit better than a normal splitter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Then, splitter so, is If you can throw a splitter, it's hard to hit, but mm-hmm. it, it didn't seem like anything too special. And he's just throwing that with his fastball most of the time? Does he have a third pitch? He's throwing he's that. Throwing? He's got a changeup and a slider. He doesn't throw them too often, and they're not that good. Um, but again, so he's got these hmm. two great pitches. So seeing that he went from struggling to dominating, I was curious just to see what has changed. Because normally, if you have this guy who's been in the league for a really long time, and now all of a sudden he's getting results finally, Generally, there's he's made some big mechanical change, or he's throwing different pitches, or throwing a pitch differently, or something. But I really wasn't able to find anything. I was I went back and compared everything to his last full season, which is 2019. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his splitter, he's throwing it the exact same percent, 37 percent of the time he's throwing a splitter. The velocity on the splitter. It's a 0.1 mile an hour difference, so nothing different. Spin rate is the same. Location, I looked at all his scatter plots. He's throwing the pitches in the exact same place. Most of his splitters, oh, really? half, throwing them into righties. It's. I looked at percentage of balls in the zone. He's right along league average. Out of the zone, right along league average. And it just doesn't make too much sense to me. He's... I mean, people aren't really hitting his pitches, but he's just not doing anything different. Throwing the same pitches in the same places, the same speed. And honestly, I think if you asked him what is different this year, I think he would say, I don't know. I think he's doing the exact same thing. But for some reason this year, guys can't hit it. And I think I finally, I was, I've been looking at this for a few days, and I haven't really been able to see anything that is showing me why he's having this success. And the one thing I think is what it is, is his fly ball to home run rate. So he's a fly ball pitcher. Mm-hmm. 57% of the balls in play are either line drives or fly balls. Mm-hmm. And this year, he's on 8% of the balls hit in the air are turning into home runs. Okay. The rest of his career, it's 13.9%. So he's just not giving up as many home runs this year. Dead ball. League average, but, well, that's what I thought. But league average this year is 13.6%. So hmm. he's he's just way under. But that can happen. You can reduce it if you're getting weaker contact. Mm-hmm. But I looked at that. His exit velocity given up is almost exactly the same as 2019. Launch angle given up almost exactly the same. Hmm. Um, his splitter is getting a lot more ground balls when people make contact, but again, he's not throwing it in a different place or throwing any harder or throwing it with more movement. So I think, which sounds like kind of a cop-out answer, but I think he's just getting really lucky. 
I was and just I, about to say, I think it's a fluke. Yeah, and I have a feeling, my my bold prediction is that the second half of the year, he's going to struggle, and he's not going to be considered one of the best pitchers in the NL. I would have to agree to you, given all this Detective Andrew information I'm getting right now. I, it was just, I just kept looking and looking and looking, because I just thought there has to be some something. Yeah, like some reason why he's so effective. I'm looking at the Giants' defense. It's eighth best in defensive runs saved with 29, which, you know, it's not anything special, really. Right. Um, like, not anything that would change anything drastically for him. Um, and he's giving up 3.6 hits per start. 2019, he gave up 3.7, I think. Um so he's giving up roughly the same amount of hits per start and he's just they're just not getting runs off of their hits this year it seems. Yeah, the other he's got one 25 walks in 2019 he had 32 walks in 31 starts. He's got 25 and 16 this year. Yep. So it's not like guys are getting on base less. That's just weird. I know there's one stat that it's um, strand rate or left on base rate. There's a few different ways depending on what website you're looking. And I know his strand rate is very high this year, meaning he's getting out of a lot of runner on base situations, which normally that over the course of a season tends to even out. Mm -hmm. It's I mean, you can you can be a really good pitcher, and you know you're clutch, and you bear down when there's guys on base. But yeah. generally, oh here I I just found it. So 2019, his left on base rate 61 percent. This year, it's 87 percent. So that alone kind of says he's probably getting well, he's getting timely outs. But again, that usually over a full season tends to even out. Yeah, and you said. Um, his percentage of fly balls converted to home runs is went from 13% to 8%? Yeah, his career is 13.9%. This year, he's at 8%. So, and you said this year, the average home run hit is 13%? 13.6. What was the, did, did you know the average of 2019? I believe it was around 12%. Okay, so it wasn't that much better either. Yeah, it it wasn't that much more than this year. Okay. Yeah, it's it seems like it seems like case might be like uh what's it called? It might need to be a cold case because it's unsolvable until he starts getting yanked on in the second half of the season. Yeah, possibly. we'll just have to wait and see if yeah. he comes back down to earth or he he could keep dominating and it could be a confidence thing. I mean, I know, you know, a lot of times we don't think about the human element of the sport. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, all stats wise, looking at all the stat cast metrics, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of baffling to me. Yeah, that's that's a lot of good work in there. Thank you. A lot of good detective work. You've been watching any? Um, I, I watch this sometimes because I'm not gonna lie, I get entertained by it. Ma- Major League Wiffle Ball. Yes, the MLW is incredible. I just discovered it this year, and I'm, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. It's great. It is 
very reminiscent of the old days when we used to play wiffle ball. Back in exactly exactly what I was thinking last night. It reminds me so much being in the front yard. Yep. Playing wiffle ball, writing down our stats. Yeah. And they just took it to another level. Yeah. So if you don't know about the MLW, um, some kids up in Michigan, like nine years ago, I think, started a a wiffle ball league in their backyard, and um, just had a bunch of friends over, made official teams, and took stats, had seasons, championships. They've been doing it for nine years now. They play in a, I think, a park or something. They're not in the yard they used to be in, at least. And um, it's just a bunch of dudes <laughs> playing wiffle ball and having fun. And it's it's very pure and very entertaining to watch, if I do say so. They do a great job producing it, make it look like, you know, a official broadcast, really. They got, they've got kids doing the announcing. I say kids, but they're, like, probably just a couple years younger than me. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, I'll I'll catch you up on the season if you haven't been watching. Uh, last year, I think the Metro Magic won the championship. Is that right, Andrew? I believe you know? so. Metro Magic won the championship, and um, they're struggling this year at the start of the season. I don't know if you know this, Andrew, but nobody's batting over two fifty. They've got, I think, the lowest record right now in the league. They got ERAs at 31.5 and 14.4, Jack <laughs> Ager and Liam Jackson. Jack just came in, I think, for an inning, maybe. Um, and Liam Jackson's one of their starters at 14.4. Not a hot start to their season. But on the opposite side of that spectrum, we got Kyle Schultz tearing it apart. He's batting 5.19 to start off the year. And him and Nick Saylor, pitching duo, those two, they, they're looking great right now. Uh, Nick Saylor also batting over 300, which is not that common for this league. I mean, it's just the beginning of the year, so, you know, things can change. But those two look like they're headed in a great direction. That team's looking good. And the Diamondbacks at the top of the league are the final headline. Um, they're led by your boy Jimmy Norp. Oh yeah, one point five nine ERA, four eighty four batting average. I think he hit for the cycle earlier this year. He did not, not seen a lot in this league. If you haven't watched this league, check it out. It is entertainment. Small field, guys just running, gunning, giving it their all, having a good time. They got mic'd up sessions. They got everything. It's great. Yeah, that that's what I was gonna say. The production value on it is awesome. It was yeah. really I went back and looked at their earlier playlists and mm-hmm. their I don't remember exactly what year they started. Let's say it was two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. It's literally a bunch of toddlers running around in the backyard <laughs> while their parents filmed them playing wiffle ball. Mm-hmm. And now, like you said, they have mic'd up, they got a basically a stadium with a wall with sponsors. Yeah. They got a guy announcing the game. They keep every stat they put online. They have their website. They have merch. You can buy uniforms for your favorite player. <laughs> you can? Yeah, it's oh, awesome. Right. I know. I've been I'm debating buying a Jimmy Norp 
jersey. It's just a t-shirt, but they wear t-shirts. I'm going to get you a Jorgensen one for, you, oh, for Christmas. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, on, on that note, yeah, I thought I would talk about, very briefly, just some of my favorite players. You, you already brought up Jimmy Norp. He is he's just insane. He's easily the most fun player to watch. He He gives me the Shohei Otani vibe where he's an unbelievable pitcher, unbelievable mm-hmm. hitter. He's almost, mm-hmm. he's like a Otani Tatis combo, which is hard to do. <laughs> but he's just on the base pa- base pass. He's so exciting. He turns a ground ball up the middle into a triple. He mm-hmm. he's just awesome. He's flying around the field. The early MVP favorite for me, and I think probably for everyone. Oh yeah, for sure. And then Trevor Bonham is a kid that really surprised me. He's this short, skinny kid. Looks like he's five years younger than everyone else in the league. And he's easily one of the best pitchers. He's a great hitter. He might lead the league in home runs, or maybe he's second. So mm-hmm. I gave him my Jacob deGrom player comp. Okay. Great pitcher. Great hitter. Not quite a Jimmy Norp level hitter, but very mm-hmm. good. But good for a pitcher. Definitely. And then my next favorite is Chris Cheatham. We talked about him. He's I don't think his hitting stats are anything crazy, but he's unbelievable pitcher. Solid. So my comp for him is Garrett Cole with Spider Tech. Oh, okay. That's an important inclusion. Yeah. Specification. Yeah, not, not recent. Um, not crybaby. Not crybaby Garrett Cole. No, not quite. And then he's, my he's last. Yeah, he. Not great. <laughs> Feel bad my, for him a little bit. <laughs> Well, he's getting what three hundred fifty million dollars to through, and he's a Yankee. So so, yeah. My last favorite is my boy Rudy. He's a guy <laughs> who I hated. Well, I wanted to hate in the beginning because he's just this loud, obnoxious dude, but he is just so funny and he's so bad. <laughs> but he he's just chirping at people the entire game. Yeah. Anytime he's like the team hype man. Ed, he's just so funny. So my comp, yeah. I couldn't really find a comp. My closest I could think of was Francisco Lindor. Okay. He's just that that team guy, the glue yeah. guy, always talking. Keeps always the energy like, up. Yeah, he brings the energy, but is kind of struggling on the field. <laughs> um, Perfect for him. That was, that was all I wanted to talk about with MLW. But yeah, it is extremely entertaining. If you haven't watched it, I think it's MLW Wiffle or MLW Wiffle Ball on YouTube. And it's a blast. Yeah, definitely check it out. Definitely. Today's June 30th. The year's 2021. And today will forever be remembered as the day that we recorded Loogie number two, of course. What else is in today's history book besides the birth of Mike Tyson? Well, that was beautiful. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anything for June 30th. I read through so what? many facts, and they were all so boring. Wow. So I went for June 29th. I think I found a good one. Okay. So on June 29th, 1916, only one baseball is used during a Reds' 9-6 to win over the Cubs at Redland Field. What? There are no home runs or foul balls that land in the stands during the game. So Dude. I did a little bit more research to see how different that is to today's game. And mm-hmm. the MLB estimates 
in a modern day baseball game that 80 to 120 balls will be used per game. Wow. The life expectancy for a baseball right now is two pitches. <laughs> and it honestly could go down to one with the new inf- new rules being enforced. I don't know. Yeah. This might have been a, a slightly outdated article, but I just thought that was absurd. One ball used in the entire game. That's crazy. So yeah, that's my, my quick little fact. Wow. Sounds like a pretty easy day for the ump back there. Not having to, not having to throw those balls to the ball boy and hand the catcher a new ball. It's pretty, seems like they had a pretty simple job that day. Speaking of umpires, <laughs> who sucked this week? Who's the worst? That is a great question. So the worst umpire of the week was Jordan Baker. Woo! June 26th. Yankees versus Red Sox. He had 86.6% accuracy. Oh. 93.6% consistency. So just Jeez. for... So you can understand that. The league average is 94% accurate, 96% consistent. He's at 86 and 93. He got 21 calls incorrect. I'm going to put his uh, image in the Discord. Just an ugly zone. He's given so many inside pitches. I would have been so mad as a pitcher. So last week... Well, I guess as a batter. So last week, we gave it to Doug Eddings, I believe... 89 accuracy, 87 consistency? Yes, that's correct. So if we were to keep somebody as the throne bearer, the throne keeper, should we do that where where you take into consideration who is the worst all year by keeping... Yeah, the worst of the worst. Yeah, should we should we try to do that? We could do that. Who Who, who do you pick? Because Doug... Doug faced a pretty similar component last week. A opponent last week with a 85% accuracy to his 87, but the other guy had wait, 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 wait. Did we give it to Lance? No, we gave it to Doug. Because of his his inconsistency. Okay. I think. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at the bottom numbers. It's the top numbers, right? Yeah, the top two are the most important. Okay, so we gave it to Doug last week because his consistency was that much worse than than Lance's, right? Yeah, he was kind of all over the place. So who do we give it to this week if you had to pick between these two? 87, 94, and 89, 87. I might have to... So it really goes back to that thing of how important is consistency because mm-hmm. he was at least consistently giving the inside pitch and he wasn't giving up in the zone. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just so many wrong calls. And, you know, you know, you watch a game and even if he's giving the inside pitch, the players are mad every time mm-hmm. because just because he gave the inside pitch to some random batter to not all of a sudden now you're not going to swing at that. Like you, right. you still know the zone. So I think that Baker was worse because he just got so many calls wrong. Yeah, it looks like he missed four more calls. Yeah, maybe. I think that's right. Yeah, I think we give it to Jordan Baker. I mean, it's a Sox-Yankees game, too. It's probably on ESPN. That's what I was thinking. It's a pretty big game. People care about that one, actually. People that don't care about baseball. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think we're going to have to give it to Jordan Baker. Well done. Round of applause. 
Round of applause for Jordan Baker, the week two winner for the Joe West Award. Good job. Joe West would be proud. Joe West is a proud uh, father today. I was I was a little upset because the third worst was Joe West, but he, oh. he just wasn't bad enough. One he'll of, win one it of these eventually. Days, one of these days, he'll win it. What are you doing, Joe? Step it up. Come on, man. So moving on to the other side of the coin, the best umpire of the week. Billy Clem. Had, I don't think anyone is ever going to beat Pat Hoberg's game. That it was honestly yeah. it was a masterpiece. This one's pretty good. Ninety-seven point one percent accuracy, ninety-nine point two percent consistency. Good job. Good job. He got five calls wrong. Nothing too egregious. He, there were a few inside pitches that should have been balls that were strikes. Mm. But to give five wrong, one of them is kind of borderline. That bottom corner one. I mean, I think that's a damn good game. That's a great game. Great game, Alex. Tossy, Tosi. How do you say that? Unsure. Two weeks in a row, I don't know how to pronounce the Bill Clem Award winner. I'll have to do some more research. We're going to say Tosi. All right. Congratulations to Alex Tosi. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, we'll eventually have like a, an, a reward system where we'll mail these people, maybe like a gift card to Applebee's or something. But right now, we don't really have the funding for that. Yeah, we'll we'll give a we'll give a gift card to Applebee's for the Bill Clem Award, and we'll give a gift card to Lens Crafters to the uh, <laughs> award winner. I love it. <laughs> That's good. All right, now I'm I'm itching to know, and I'm itching because there's ants in my house and they're biting me. But I, right now I'm itching to know if I won this week's role player draft. All right, well, we're just going to have to dig in and see. All right. I've got my, I know what my boys did, and I'm going to tell you right now, I think I didn't win any categories based on the statistics I have in front of me. That might be true. Yeah. I have my stats and I have Jack's stats. I do have yours as well. Uh, Do we want to quickly run through category by category? I can read off mine and Jack's. All right. We'll start with home run hitter. And we'll start with you. All right. It's a home run hitter, Shohei Otani. Five home runs. Second half of the week, he exploded. Yep. Um, I don't think anyone's beaten that. Uh, I don't think so. What did Jack have with Fernando Tatis? Tatis hit three all in one game, so I thought he was going to easily have that. And then he stopped there, huh? Yep. Good for you. Um, Well, my guy, the junior Vlad, also had... Only three. All in different games. So I think that's... You know, I'd like to see consistency out of my guy. And I think I'm going to keep him. So, you know, I'm I, I'm happier than Jack is. That's I true. Think. It's not like he was just beating up on one pitcher. Yeah, yeah. He was shown he can do it every night. But congratulations. Uh, Shohei's a cheat code. Thank you, thank you. I'm he really was, glad uh, that you got in the him. Draft. Oh, you're right. He, he, was a, he was a lock for you, wasn't he? I think... I think when you saw us pick those two guys, you must have been foaming at the mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to base stealer. Base how stealer, about, what a lame guy, week. Ronald, Ronald Acuna won. Nice. Jack with Whit Merrifield also had one until last night. Are you still another base? So he's me? got two. Two? Are you kidding me? I know. What a dimwit. <laughs> 
Trey Turner had one big whoop. Pretty Happy cycle day. today. Yeah, I know. But guess what? No stolen bases today. Unbelievable. Even though I even though that did, wouldn't have mattered for this week, but you know, I'm not really impressed with anything Trey Turner does unless it's a steal at this point. So, I mean, good mm-hmm. for him though. Good for him. Jack, way to win the category. We'll just tell him that he didn't win any though. All right. That's Next, good. we got Serial Walker coming up. How about All Max right. Muncy? How do you do? Max Monkey got four. I was expecting more from him. Well done. Um, Jack with Mookie Betts had five. Okay. Yandy Diaz had two. Wasn't lo- <laughs> wasn't wasn't taking very much this week. A lot of swinging. Was he at so, least hitting? You know, I I I don't really care about anybody's stats on my team <laughs> except for the ones that count, which is walks. And I don't know how how he did this week. I hope he got, you know, I hope he struck out a hundred times for all. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on to strikeout batter Javi Baez, king of strikeouts. How do you do? The king had ten. Unbelievable number. He he's the chosen one. I think you picked. He was your first pick, and I think that was a great choice. I think it was brilliant to lock him up. Yeah, I was. I was worried after. There were some home runs going off the board with Tatis and with Vladdy, but I think that was a good one. Jack had Joey Gallo with six. Six. Nice. Six. Wow. It looks like you your player you got your guys' players actually decided to to swing and miss this week, which is really yeah, so I'm very very proud of my boy. Which is good. You guys actually you guys' guys did their jobs. My guy, Randy only decided to strike out three times. Probably the best, the least amount of strikeouts he's had in a seven-day span in his That's whole entire probably career. probably true. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was lucky enough to pick him up, uh, you know, at a pretty good place in the draft. I'm pretty happy with his three strikeouts. Fucking idiot. <laughs> I need to at him or something. I need to get Twitter first, but... Yeah, there you go. What a jerk. It's like everyone on my team so far has known that I picked them up. All right, let's move on to everyone's favorite category, strikeout pitchers. Strikeout pitcher. I had the spider tack list, Garrett Cole. Dangerous pick. Only struck out six. He's he's oh. on the chopping block. I think I'm going to hold him for another week, but not good. Multiply that by two for his spider tack numbers, though, I think. Yeah, exactly. And then Jack had Zach Wheeler with eight. Pretty nice game. Good for him. Fuck. Asshole. Gosh damn it. All right. <laughs> Shane Bieber. Had zero. Because he's hurt. What an idiot I am. Gosh. What a frustrating section this has been, us talking about my terrible draft. All right, let's move on to Johnny Walker. Johnny Who had the most Walker. walks this week? So this week... I had Nick Pavetta with four. Jack had John Gant also with four. Oh my gosh. And I had German Marquez with one. Yeah, (laughs) it's another one one where he was dominant this week. I think he He, had an eight pitch, maybe. Well, he didn't walk anyone. I think. I don't think he had any runs. And then. Yeah, and then he threw a shutout last night. 
So two starts, and he walked one guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He walked one guy last night. I thought you were talking about last night. Yeah, he had a dominant performance, no walks. Dominant performance, one walk. And this come, I think he's like the fourth most walks in the league. I didn't take a risk on Jermaine Marquez. I was like, I think it's funny that his name is German, and he's definitely not German. I thought that was funny. That's why I picked him. But then to, for him to have felt that energy coming from my draft board and to just have the audacity to throw those kinds of games, I feel attacked, honestly. Let's move on to Anti DeGrom. All right, for Anti DeGrom, my, I feel like a proud father, Brad Keller, gave up 10 earned yeah. runs. It was throughout two starts. He up 10 earned runs this week. I could do that. Oh, I'm so proud. And <laughs> Jack with Fulty gave up four. Nice. My boy Dylan Bundy, um, another pitcher, another player on my team who decided to royally screw me this week. Really fed up with my whole team. I'm going to have a big pregame talking to for this week. Because Dylan Bundy, get this, Andrew. I don't know if you knew this. He starts off the game against the Yankees, gives up a home run, and I think a single to score another run in the second inning. Ties the game 2-2, and he just starts sweating. Like he's never been out on the mound in a major league game before. Like he's never given up two runs in an inning. He decides he can't handle the heat anymore. And he's just dripping sweat, dripping sweat. It's pouring off of his hat. It looks like Niagara Falls coming over his bill, blocking his eyesight. I'm thinking, perfect. He's not going to even be able to see. He's sweating so much. Water's dripping into his eyeballs. There's no way he's going to be able to throw a strike. And then he looks DJ LeMayhew in his eye. DJ LeMayhew puts some kind of voodoo curse on him. And he just starts choking on his own vomit, Andrew. He threw up on the mound and they took him out. He was on his way to give up 10 in an inning. Well, it really is a shame we didn't have Callaway for blowing chunks because he'd be Dylan Bundy right up there. Chunk blower. What a jerk. You know, every. Just so everyone knows, I lost every category. Um, you won three. Jack won three. We tied one category, but the two people that tied were Jack and Andrew. So I didn't even tie. <laughs> I didn't even get close enough to tie. My highest number out of all of these categories was three. Three home runs and three strikeouts. That's insane. If we add all these up, I, is that the tiebreaker? Is the tiebreaker going to be we add all the numbers up? That's a good idea. I didn't. Um, I'm saying yes because I think I would win that, but that is not a bad idea. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good way to do it. Um, I, was I don't debating, think there would be any arguments about that. But I mean, yeah. we could pick like a. I mean, I, I just would want the thing to be resolved right away. But we talked about having a a category that's only gone to if it's tied yeah so i was debating between that between i i didn't think of the adding the points that's a good one or if we did 
you get two points for winning a category, and then a tie is one each. Or I guess a three-way tie would be one for everyone. Um, but we can... We'll tentatively move this conversation to next week. We'll see what Jack thinks. We'll Hopefully he won't listen to this, and we'll pitch it to him before he knows the scores. And we'll see what he thinks. Okay, that's a good idea. I would love to see him, like, choose to lose yeah screw himself so i was gonna say we can pick we can just say this week we'll add him up but i i think it'd be hilarious to hear him say um he's asking me already if he won though that's the only thing but i guess i'll just tell him it was a tie yeah we'll say we're having a really hard time calculating the earned runs he'll just call me an idiot (laughs) (laughs) but um all right so we can trade one guy this week right for Yes. A new guy. All right. Um, and since I finished last, we decided I switch out first. Like yep, that's, that's going to make some huge difference. It, and it will. I think this next week things are going to turn around for me. Um, Shane Bieber should be back, so I'm keeping him in. German Marquez. No way. No way he has three good starts in a row, right? No way he only walks one guy in his next two starts. I like that idea. But knowing that he pitched yesterday, he's only going to pitch once this week. So I could be switching him out because there's no guarantee that if I switch out Randy, he's going to ever beat Javi, whoever I put in there, you know? Javi seems untouchable. That might just be my throwaway slot. So I'm going to pick somebody for my new Johnny Walker, and I'll tell you who that is after you tell me who you're going to pick. If it's not a Johnny Walker, because I haven't looked into this yet. I am not going to make any moves, I don't think. I think I'm gonna stay put with my team. You're confident with your team how it is? I'm the only one I'm not confident in is Garrett Cole and maybe Nick Pavetta too as my walker, but I'm gonna give him one more shot. Alright, that's fine with me. Um let me find a pitcher who's who's gonna pitch twice. Okay. All right. I've got my choice. I'm replacing Yerman Marquez. If he starts slumping, I will be upset. But I'm replacing him because he's shown he's got some stuff with Zach Davies of the Cubs. All right. I think he starts tomorrow. So hopefully we'll get two starts in. Coming off of his no-hitter, well, his combined no-hitter. Right, right. Which he did walk like four or something. He, he walks. Maybe five. He walks. He's got the second most walks in the league. He is my new pick for Johnny Walker. And I think... Now, I want to motivate my team for next week. So I'm setting down a ground rule. Every... Let's see. One, two, three, four. Every category I lose, I'll take half a shot of Canadian Hunter whiskey just to get my boys a little bit motivated to do something for me. To do something for me for once, you know? They had their week of fun and laughs. Like, they hazed me a little bit into the team, (laughs) even though I created the team. They're like, wouldn't it be funny if we all just 
made him lose really badly and embarrass himself on national podcast networks that can be heard by kids in Korea. And yeah, they got me. All the Korean baseball fans who listen to our show during the Korean Baseball League offseason had a really good laugh. (laughs) But this week's going to be different. I have a good feeling about it. I'm even staking my drunkenness on it. I'll even do a full shot um, per lost category because that's how confident I am. And I'm only doing this because Wednesday also happens to be my thermodynamics test, so there'll be reason to celebrate. Nice. And we'll have a good show. And it's near the end, so it's okay if I get... Like, if I pass it on my keyboard or something. Alright. Speaking of passing out on my keyboard, let's talk about music this week. I listened to Blonde on Blonde by Bob Dylan. Did you? I did. I did listen to it. What'd you think? Jack's request. He hadn't listened to it, he said, but I know he likes Bob Dylan, so go easy on him if you hated it. Yeah, so I I think the hype maybe got got to me because I looked up the reviews. It was everyone saying ten out of ten, A plus. This is the best album I've ever heard. Yeah, it exactly. Like it was it was exactly like that. So I, I think I was just expecting to be blown away, uh-huh. and I wasn't. Um, I did. There were a few gems in there. I read my favorite two were "Stuck Inside a Mobile" with the Memphis Blues again. It was pretty good. Good story in that song. Just a yeah. good relatable story. Like I don't want to be stuck in this town, Mom. Yeah. And then "Just Like a Woman" was pretty good. Uh, there were a few others that I had written down, and then other songs kind of passed it for me. But mm-hmm. I, I I did like some of them. Okay, what I'm curious what your favorites were. Um, so I really liked Visions of Joanna, personally. Okay. I, that was one that I was like, I actually kind of like this song. Like, I like the words he's saying. I like the mood I'm getting from the song. Classic, you know, harmonica wasn't too like, <laughs> wasn't too harsh on my ears in it. Um, like you mentioned, I think in the second song in the album. Yeah, what was it? I'll, um, I'll, I'll cover that. Yeah, like it's just sometimes it just kind of ear curdling. Um, but that one was nice, nice and pleasant. I also thought a uh, leopard skin pillbox hat <laughs> was one of the funniest songs I've ever heard. Yes, um, that song was hilarious. The part where he talks about, you know, getting cheated on because of the leopard skin hat, I thought was hilarious. Like, it wasn't any other reason she was cheating on you. Like, she, that guy only wanted her because, like, the pillbox hat. Like, that hat was, it must have looked really good on her. Cause, cause here, I'll, I'll read you a line. Okay. You know, I don't mind him cheating on me, but I sure wish he'd take off his head. Your brand new leopard skin pillbox hat. Well, I see. You got a new boyfriend. You know, I never seen him before. Well, I saw you making love with him. He forgot to close the garage door. The garage door. They're making love in the garage. Bob, is that you? And he's we- and he's wearing... 
Her pillbox hat while they're making love. That is some kinky stuff, Jack. Oh my gosh. I didn't know he was like that. Disgusting. That is awesome. Thank you. I also, so yeah, you, you mentioned it. My, my least favorite song, I, I had told you this earlier, it was Pledging My Time. Um, it, so I had, wrote, I had written this down before I got to that song, or maybe from the beginning of that song. I wrote, a lot of harmonica, impressive, sounds like a guitar. He was doing a really good job. The harmonica, he was making it sound like a guitar. I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then about a minute and a half into Pledging My Time, he just goes in on that harmonica. He rips one. For th- I timed it. It was 30 seconds long. He had his harmonica solo. About 10 of those seconds is just the loudest harmonica you've ever heard. There's no notes. It's just one long note that is so loud. And it was, I, I just couldn't do it. I had to take off my headphones. It was so loud. Bob and Dylan then, invented screamo harmonica. I guess so. <laughs> and then I wrote down a line also, because in one of the reviews I read, they're saying he's such a wonderful storyteller. Mm-hmm. He just tells these beautiful stories. Yeah. Which I guess a lot of music is like this, where they're just talking about gibberish. Mm-hmm. But this line, he goes, well, the hobo got too high and he came to me naturally. He stole my baby, then he wanted to steal me. Huh. What what does that mean? Like sure, I guess if you just say anything, it can be considered a beautiful story because it's just so up to interpretation, but I right. don't think I don't think he meant anything by that. I think he just said that because it kind of rhymed. Yeah. And then people I mean, ran with it. As long as the person reviewing it has seen that in one of their fever dreams, I think, yeah, exactly. Like, somebody just relates to it somehow, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I get that. Like, I feel that within me. The hobo stole my baby too, or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, so I don't know. I well, what what ra- rating would you give it out of ten? Well, I did. I do think that it's good, like mountainy music. Like, I can picture myself driving in the hills. And just being like, you know, windows down, like beer in my hand, obviously not driving the car, just sitting in it because I would never drink and drive. But I mean, it is a mood and I'm going to have to give it. It's not my kind of mood, honestly. I'll give it a five. I'll go to five because I don't think it was terrible. I don't, but I want like I want to leave room for improvement. I want to leave room for better than this album, and I want to leave room for worse than this album. So I'm giving it a five because, partially because it's the first album we've listened to. Okay, I think that is good. I was going to give it higher, but hearing your reasoning, that I I agree. I think just in general, if I just had to rank it. I, I could give it like a seven. Like I it was it was solid. But if we're going in terms of I think there will be a stuff that we listen to that's a lot better. So going mm-hmm. off of your rating system, I'm gonna give it a four. Because I don't okay. think I liked it as much as you. But I okay. didn't I didn't dislike it, but I, it it didn't blow me away. Right. You can tell like it's good music. It's not like my kind of music. Like I wanna give something a six. 
I want to give something a six that I enjoyed more than this, but I still didn't. You know what I mean? I, I want to leave room above and below because yeah, I know I'll, I'll hate something more than this, and I know I'll like something more than this. It it wasn't like a song. It wasn't an album I saved a lot of songs off of. And usually that's how I grade an album: how many songs I can save and listen to later. Like if I can listen to a song multiple times and enjoy it, and like kind of get the rhythm in my soul a little bit, you know, feel the song. Mm-hmm. There wasn't many where I was like, oh, I like that part where he's like, you know, I just couldn't, I don't know, the harmonica doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I feel that. But I mean, again, I there is a time for Bob Dylan music. There is a, and I mean, this this might not be the album that, that I would enjoy the most either. So like there could be much better Bob Dylan songs out or albums out there for me, but you know, it's good. All right. Yeah. I can, I can basically a hundred percent agree with that. All right. Perfect. So we can, uh, decide on a new album for this week. Do you have an album that, that we can listen to and, uh, We'll let Jack know. Listen to it. I as do well. have one. It's. I'm willing to bet it's one that he's already listened to. Okay. Um, but I'll give it anyway. All right. We, so it has. I think it's a really good. It has two songs that we probably know because they were mainstream, and one of them definitely still. It probably both of them probably still are. So we could, if we want to, not include it in the rankings or whatever. But the album is Rush Moving Pictures. Okay. So there's an album with Tom Sawyer and Limelight, which are two like I said, songs you could hear on the radio. Yeah, I love Tom Sawyer. so. That's but fun. the rest of them, I don't think you'll really hear ever. Okay, that's um, a good one. I, because... I know it's good. I've, I've actually seen it in concert played, but okay. I was so young that I don't really remember it. Gotcha. So it will honestly be new to me as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, it sounds good because like, it's Rush is a band that I've heard of a lot. I know that they have good music, but I've never actually listened to a full album by them. Right, so. yeah. So yeah, that's I think that's a great pick. I think that there will be there will be insights to be had and much to be learned from this one. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Lugie. We'll catch you next time. Hopefully, um, I'll win the the pool this time and I won't have to get really drunk. Thanks for listening.